All right, what's up, everyone? It's Zach, and today I'm here with a very special guest. I'm here with Savannah Fulmer. Savannah, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. Good, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And um, yeah, of course, thanks for taking the time to be here. I'm super excited for the conversation today. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Awesome. So for those of you listening back home, Savannah is someone that I've been very fortunate to know for quite a while. Uh, we met back at Central Michigan University, so she is a fellow Chippewa. Fire up chips. Fire up chips. <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, we, we met back there and um, really connected just over a lot of similar passions, whether that was sports or music, um, even some of, on an academic level, just kind of like being in the, the more business realm, I guess you could say. Um, but that's a little bit about Savannah's interests right now. She is working um, as a senior business digital analyst, and also she is an entrepreneur. Um, she recently started a Etsy called The Common Catholic. So that's a little bit about Savannah, but do you mind kind of giving us a little bit more about your backgrounds, who you are, what you're doing, all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm born and raised in Michigan, um, I guess like outer metro Detroit. Um, for people not from Michigan, they'd probably say I'm from Detroit. But <laughs> when you live in Michigan, you know, that's not the case. Right. Um, and uh, grew up in the area, end up, you know, going to CMU where I met Zach. Um, I pursued a business degree in marketing and information systems um, and all the while was um, just big into like extracurricular activities. Um, Zach and I both loved playing basketball. I um, enjoyed volleyball as well. Um, and then I, we both play guitar and enjoy singing. So bonded over that. Um, I ended up at Dow right after graduation um, working in the IS rotational program. So within the IT department, um, I did two rotations there and then um, hired out into another internal role. It's kind of, um, fortunately for me, a, a nice mix of marketing and information systems that I got an education in um, as you know, a senior business digital analyst. So I work a lot with digital analytics, um, analyzing what customers are doing on the website, trying to help the marketers out um, of how to design the website, how to get traffic coming in, that sort of thing. And then we just help with like any kind of digital initiative that Dow is trying to accomplish. Um, in my free time, I um, am really involved with our local church, St. Joseph in Lake Orion. I help lead the young adult group there. Um, I did, yes, recently start um, an Etsy shop just in um, my free time kind of as a hobby. Um, I play pickup volleyball a couple days a week and um, I'm recently engaged, so I'm doing a ton of wedding planning right now. So I think the first question that comes to bat comes right off the bat is like, how do you balance all your time? <laughs> um, well, my chores get neglected a lot, to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, I think so. Part of the luxury of working from home, um, and I'm like hoping my boss doesn't listen to this, but if <laughs> you don't have a ton of work to do, you can kind of get some of those other things done. And so my job kind of ebbs and flows where some weeks I'm really busy and other weeks, you know, you're waiting on other people to get their tasks done. And so um, that gives me opportunities where like today on like lunchtime, I ran out and like did a florist appointment and that sort of thing. Um, and then I just... I like having common things in my schedule. So like Mondays and 
Mondays, now Tuesdays, because I'm in a league. So Mondays and Tuesdays are like my volleyball days. Um, the young adult group, we like meet once a month and like play an event, an event or two for each month. Um, so it doesn't feel that crazy um when you do like smaller portions of everything if I was like going to the gym every single day of the week and then you're like trying to meal prep and all of that stuff I'm Mm -hmm. sure it would be a little bit crazier yeah that makes a lot of sense I think it sounds like a little more overwhelming when you just like list it all out there but then when you're like okay it's only weekly bi-weekly once a month whatever it it's definitely a little easier to digest yeah I would love to be more active I mean you and I obviously love sports and I, yeah. I don't need in the gym. So it would be nice to go, you know, four or five days a week. But, um, then, you know, you do find, I remember when I was in Midland, it was like, you'd go to work, you'd come home at like five 30, you're starving, you make something, you go to the gym later and you end up with like an hour or two of TV and then you go to bed. Right. So then it's just like, well, where, where did the time go? Um, and so I find, you know, like maybe, the people are going for like a 30 minute walk in their day or like they're shortening their gym trips or they're just doing more rigorous exercise a couple of days a week. But um, if you can't do it every single day, I don't blame you because it just is super time consuming. Definitely. And I think that like people out of college or, you know, out of school or um, even just like in our age, like the 20s, there can be a lot of pressure to feel like you have to do so many things all at once or like you have to you know do xyz activity to like kind of be in with with the people in your kind of circumstances but really it's like whatever you want to do with your time like just do it like it's really important to just prioritize your time what's best for you because it's so limited yeah i mean i grew up my mom she'd cook dinner like every single day right and so then uh-huh. by the time you graduate you're like i'm supposed to cook a meal for myself right single day and then you're like oh my gosh I hate this and so I'm so grateful for like the concept of meal prepping even if that just gets you like through your lunches during the week because that that's to me one of the most frustrating things is you open the fridge and you just stare at it because you're like I (laughs) and I just want like something I can pop in the microwave and be done with instead of you know spending an hour hour and a half on one meal exactly yeah, I totally agree with you there. How long have you been doing like meal prepping stuff? Um, well, I've been living on my own. Well, gosh. Okay. So when I graduated in 2019, I did about like 10 months in the office. So I was living on my own then. Then I moved home because of COVID, but I still was like part time in Midland at my apartment. Um, and then I've had my house since like beginning of July. Um, okay. So I've... I've been doing it enough. Um, I still am not the best at like <laughs> nutritional value and like consistent sure. cooking. Um, but just like last week, for example, my fiance and I each, we cooked together and did two separate meals. And so then we had leftovers from both. And so like he could take half, I could take half of each. And then you're not stuck with like four servings for yourself from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So when it comes to like, we've talked about like the various passions you have, whether it's music or sports, like when did those involvements come into your life and how did they? Um, well, I started playing guitar when I was eight. I started taking lessons. Um, okay. 
since I was little, I probably just like had the rock star dream. Like, <laughs> like you, you, I watched Hannah Montana and stuff yep. like that. Um, so I started then. And then it was when I was like 14, I was a freshman in high school. My guitar teacher at the time was like, you know, I've kind of given you a really solid foundation. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't big into like being a lead guitarist of like improvising scales and like, Mm-hmm. like creating riffs and that sort of thing I really just wanted to like play and sing at the same time and so he was like you should just go play with other people and so that was when um I auditioned and joined a band and played um a classic rock band and did that through high school um and then sports I mean I think that's just something like as a kid like your parents should encourage like don't mm-hmm. get me wrong have to play sports if you're the kids it's like a total bookworm or whatever but we did like kitty kickers as like for soccer when we were like in kindergarten and then um I did cheerleading like second through fourth grade and then at school like the other sports started in like fifth grade so that was when I joined volleyball and basketball and it just um it was always something that I I just enjoyed I've always been competitive and Mm -hmm. um, I like the teamwork aspect and just the whole concept of like challenging yourself and getting better at it. Yeah. And now from like our time together in undergrad and just from knowing you, I know, like you said, you're, you're very competitive. Um, <laughs> you're very talented too at, you know, and um, various sports, whether it's basketball, volleyball, I feel like any, any sport that you tried or that I seen you play or I played with you, you were always pretty good at it or you picked up on it pretty quickly. That's the um, gift general athleticism I think. there you go yes <laughs> um but between those two like did you ever have like a dream or a desire to do like either sports or music professionally oh yeah so I um so when I was in high school I was gonna get on the varsity basketball team the coach kind of like recruited over the summer and so you kind of knew if you were gonna be in or not mm-hmm. um, But I had found out that practices were like six days a week and the band that I was in practiced every single Friday. And so Mm -hmm. then I I had to make a choice of do I pursue music or do I pursue basketball? Um, So I ended up choosing music. Um, I really wanted to go to school for it, but um, I've always been very logical on my own, but my parents as well. And so we just you know, your parents, they want you for success. And so music was just one of those things where I was like, as much as I love it, I knew that I wasn't like, I wasn't going to be a star. Like I I never thought that I was bad, but I knew I didn't have like it. And even if you had it, like you had to get lucky somewhere Mm -hmm. along the line um, or like live in LA or whatever. And so I decided to just pursue business, um, which I enjoyed as well. I had always liked marketing. Um, and then people always said like, well, why don't you start a band at school and stuff like that? And I was just like, you know, that's not really something that's as easy to find as you think it is. Right. College kids are like super good at like talking it up of like, we should do this. And like, we should start (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And then like nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can attest to that, whether it's myself or people that I knew in college, we're we're very good at, uh, you know, talking things up, but not always following through. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But Savannah, when you were mentioning, like, you know, you had that dream of music, and then, 
you know, you, you're kind of like, I want to go to school for it, but kind of maybe took more of a, you know, quote unquote, practical route, um, because you didn't really think that music could be, you know, Mm -hmm. full-time star opportunity. Was that a tough kind of like moment or realization for you? Or was it something that you're just like, you know, logically I love it, but it doesn't make sense. So I'm just going to focus more on like business and, and marketing in my career. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was a hard decision emotionally, but -hmm. I think I deep down that like, that wasn't, that wasn't a leap that I could take. Um, I did want the security and I think I just maybe being in the band helped of like there, it was, um, kind of like a school of rock type deal where this guy started it with his kids and then um, carried it on as a nonprofit throughout the years. And so there was like three groups ages, like eight to 18 in the band. And so you have a lot of singers and you have a lot of guitarists that you're kind of like competing against all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that kind of helped me realize my own skill set and what I was capable of. Um, and then I think where it got hard emotionally is just, well, how am I going to pursue this on the side like what what am I going to do with this um and I think um it's still it's still something that I wish I was I was more active with but music is one of those things that I struggle to just like play on my own like I loved performing I loved the assignment of like these are the songs we're learning this week and like that sort of thing and so I I've never been the type to just like fiddle around on my own Mm -hmm. and so like throughout the years I've you know I've played at church or um occasionally like you'll have a friend that's like oh I like really want to hear you play or something like that um and that's fun but I I've never taken it any further of like starting another band or like um gigging at like a local pub or something like that do you think that either gigging or or maybe even a band are things that you might consider doing someday in the future um i think a band gigging on my own i think i'm too afraid of like (laughs) them saying you're not good enough to be hired and so it's kind of nice when like you get your friends or like people at Mm -hmm. church something that like compliment you and you're like oh that feels so good but like you're not ready to like put yourself out there for sure pay you to do it it's interesting to hear you say that because in all the time that I've known you I feel like I could say that you're one of the most confident people that I know yeah. <laughs> and to hear you say that, like, there is that maybe little, like, ah, oh, like, I don't know if I'd be good enough kind of um, thought. Like, to me, it just, it's like, wow, like, you're human. All this time, I thought you're oh. like a robot because you're just super, like, confident and you're just very talented at a lot of things, whether it's academics or, you know, those hobbies that we've talked about. So I think that's just an interesting perspective to, like, just anyone listening to know that, like, even if you think that everyone has it all together or that they are the most confident person in, in the world, like, yes, probably are to an extent, but there's also probably that like internal doubt or just like imposter syndrome that everyone faces at some oh, extent. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say I'm, I've, I'm fairly confident. Like I've described myself that way. Like, yeah, you like a lot of people have, but I think it's more confidence in like, the reality of like where I stand with things like I'm very self-aware and so I think 
I know what I bring to the table and what I also don't bring to the table. And so like, that's, that's kind of where that confidence comes where like with sports, like, oh my gosh, when I was in school, like I was always stressed out about it. Like I was always trying to be better. And then I was upset. Like if I didn't get that much playing time or I wasn't as good as the other people. And so that desire to like really be a standout was there. Like I never felt like there were some kids that I was just like, man, they're so good and they don't even try. Like I mm-hmm. tried so hard and like, I'm still like 50% as skilled as them. Um, and so I think that that feeling is still there, but I think there's a level of confidence that can come just from like, I know what I'm equipped with and I know what I'm not. Yeah. And you mentioned like having that self-awareness and that you yourself are a very self-aware person. Has that been something that has just always kind of been intuitive for you? Or is that something that you've had to like work on and, and grow throughout the years? Um, I think, oh, that's a really good question. Um, there's probably a part of that that is very natural for me. I think it's a tendency that I have. I mean, I've always been a talker. I've always <laughs> been... Um, I mean, when I was three years old, my mom's adult friends said that they felt like they could have an adult conversation (laughs) with me and I was a child. And so I think um, that's always been there, but I've gotten more aware. I would say like in the last couple years, um, specifically because I had started going to counseling. And so Mm. there was a lot of, um, a lot of awareness that came with like processing things. So, um, I might've, I might've been able to like articulate an emotion before, but I wouldn't have been able to understand completely where it's coming from or like what, what's getting triggered or like what the wound is or something like that. And so, um, that's been, I would say like helpful in my maturity of just being able to like understand myself more and empathize with other people that um, might also be trying to like process through things. Yeah, that is a really good point. I think that there's a, the processing in general is a lot to have to do and to unpack things from our experiences, you know, childhood, Mm -hmm. current situations and stuff like that. So I think if you can sit back and do that, whether that is on your own with, you know, a friend or family member with a mental health professional. I think that that's when you can kind of become more self-aware and see kind of tendencies that you have or the way that you feel situations are about certain circumstances. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So I know that something that you've mentioned kind of like when you're introducing yourself and, um, you know, with, with your Etsy shop as well, um, you know, your, your faith and, and religion is something that you've always valued and that's always been important to you. Um, has that just been something that like, were you, was that just like based on how you were raised? Um, I mean, I think most kids probably, right. If they're raised in the faith, like there Mm -hmm. is an element of when you're growing up, I'm doing this because my parents are teaching me to do this. And I think that, um, you know, like right on your parents, if they believe that like, this is a great way to raise you, then, um, you know, kids need that nurturing, they need that guidance. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, as an adult, you do realize that your faith has to be your own. Right. So, um, I did, I, I don't think I've ever doubted it so much where I've considered leaving my faith. Like what my 
what I instilled, what I was, what was instilled in myself in childhood has always remained. And so I pursued my faith in high school and I pursued it in college, but there were levels of it that were very, um, just like formulaic of Mm -hmm. I go to church on Sunday because like, that's what the rule is. And I, um, do these things because that's, what's expected of me. And, um, it came, I think without me even realizing it, there was this deep feeling of like, I'm pursuing this because I don't want to go to hell where Mm -hmm. when I was in college, I think I started to realize that there were people that were pursuing faith, not out of fear of anything, but because they just believed in like this amazing love of Jesus. And so that when I saw that in other people, I was like, well, what is that? Like, what's a relationship with Jesus look like? Like what is, um, pursuing faith out of like joy and just like wanting to desire that versus like being afraid of doing something wrong. Um, and so that's when I think college kind of kicked off like me really pursuing it on my own. And then especially, um, when I moved to Midland, I had a, I had a really hard time transitioning out of college to be totally honest. Um, I moved to a new place. I was living by myself. I had no friends. I had never been in a nine to five workforce. Like everything was new to me. Um, and so my friend, Anna, who I met, she challenged both of us to, uh, a year long prayer challenge. And the goal was to get to like 40 minutes of prayer a day. Um, and I was the type of person that only prayed to God when I needed something or yeah. like, you know, maybe grace before meals or like at mass, but it wasn't ever super consistent. And I would say like, honestly, like thanks to her and like that challenge that really kickstarted a lot more in me. And, um, ever since then, like, it's just been something I've pursued like, so much more strongly than I ever did growing up. That is really interesting to hear about because, yeah, I think when I think back to the time, like when I first met you and just knowing you in college, um, I knew that, you know, faith was important to you. It was something that you practiced. It's something that um, certainly even like we've had brief conversations about and everything, but to kind of hear the journey that you've taken and how like that post-college transition is kind of when maybe you you got a little deeper into your own faith and your own beliefs. I think that that's just really interesting perspective. And it sounds like I think that like through that challenge, that year prayer challenge you mentioned, like it just kind of helped you just build that relationship and see what it actually means to you and why you do value it. Yeah. I mean, I think to be honest, like, and I think this happens to a lot of people and like what they end up pursuing afterwards, you know, it varies, but there's something about like when you finally get out of the system of schooling that you ask yourself, like, what is the point of life? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's the meaning? Like, why am I here? Like just so many things. And, and some people aren't very deep thinkers. Like they don't go into that existential realm. I did. And I went in like very deep and that's actually why I started going to counseling. Cause I was having a hard time with it, but I got to the point where for me, life doesn't make sense and life doesn't have value if I don't have God. And so in a weird way, like hitting that rock bottom of confusion and just like asking all of these questions, I think ultimately gave me the foundation of like, 
I know with complete certainty what I believe and why I believe it. And so I can pursue it on my own. And even though I, you know, faith is hard, like it's, it's never completely easy and, and the, the waves will hit. Um, it's not, it's not in the same way as, you know, somebody that's like, trying to understand like from the very beginning of like what do I believe do I believe only because my parents told me to or is this something that I also agree with yeah and I think that that's good perspective that you kind of when it you hit like rock bottom that's when it really kind of forced you to to look inside and to to question these things and to have this kind of growth that you've experienced and I think that it's like obviously like as your friend, I'm not like happy to hear that you hit rock bottom or that you were struggling oh, or that things were tough. But at the same time, it's like being able to have the perspective that there can be good that comes out of even the worst of times and just to kind of persevere and to just not be afraid of growth and just knowing that like even if things like completely suck today, that doesn't mean they always will. Yeah. I mean, if we don't have growth, we're just stagnant, right? And like exactly very exciting. Right. Exactly. And it sounds like I mean, just that transitionary period of, of coming out of undergrad, even though it was tough for you, like you did grow a lot. And just, I mean, since then to now, like, I'm sure you could look back at yourself and say, like, I'm a completely different person than you, that oh, you were then that you are now. For sure. But I also wish that people would have talked about what that transition was like, because I felt yeah. so blindsided after graduating. Um, and maybe other people have a great time. Like the, the kids that I hung out with, it was like, how is nobody else, you know, struggling? But I think the reality is most of young adults are probably super confused, but nobody talks about it. And so they just continue to go through the motions of like, these are the things that I'm, I think I'm supposed to be doing. And nobody's told me otherwise. Oh my gosh. Yes. 100%. That was the exact same experience that I had. And I mean, even to this day, I still feel that. I mean, being, you know, 26 and kind of having an idea, but also kind of not having an idea what I'm doing with my life. Like it's just so much of this time, like honestly, your twenties, I'd, I'd imagine your whole twenties, like it's just not really talked about outside of like, Oh, like you, maybe you go to college, you graduate, you, you know, have you make lifelong friends in college that you keep in touch with you maybe drift away from some friends maybe you get married you have kids your friends get married have kids whatever you buy a house like I feel like that's what people talk about in their about like their 20s but there's so much more that goes un, unnoticed or that like like you said we struggle with but like we don't normalize that conversation so we're just kind of all like barely afloat but no one wants to say anything about it <laughs> Well, I mean, like nobody ever talked about like sometimes professors would say like when you get into the real world, like there aren't grades and like you need to like fend for yourself and kind of a thing. But nobody ever talked about like what it's like to be a a try hard student, for lack of a better word, and caring about grades and like receiving this constant validation that you don't even realize you're receiving. And then to get into the workforce where you're like maybe I have a deadline, but I don't really get graded on the work mm -hmm. that I do. And if, and like at any point they could hire anybody else to do my job. Like in college, I felt like a very big fish in a small pond. And when I got out and I was at Dow, which is a giant company, it was like, now I'm this tiny fish in this big pond and I'm replaceable. And nobody, nobody ever talks about that. And yeah. then it, it hits you and you're like, 
why did like what were people afraid to warn me like they didn't want to hurt my feelings because i wish that i would have known that this was coming yeah that is very true and i mean i think it, it's just tough with like something that it didn't really hit like it's obvious but it didn't hit me until you know a year or two after college it's like we spend our whole pretty much existence in school right from like yeah. preschool elementary like middle high what, school years something like that you start at like age five you're yeah. like 22 23 when you graduate yeah exactly so it's like when you're no longer a student like you're just completely stripped of honestly your identity like yeah, your whole you know, life up until that point has been school exactly and that in itself is just it's hard i mean like think about if you were you know working a job and you're with the same company doing the same job for like 20 years and then suddenly you stopped it's like it's the same thing except just you're you're in school instead yeah and and so it's like you know they probably don't emphasize it because they're like so much of your life is outside of school but i'm like that's that's exactly why you know school might be a tiny blip in the life in the lifespan that you have but when you're graduating you're like that's all i've known and mm -hmm. so can we talk about what that transition really looks like and i mean i i was still like an hour and a half from home like i can't even imagine if i took a job like out in california or something like that and i was no longer by by family or any friends or um you know there's a there's a difference between if you take a job at like a super small company versus a really big company and and there are just things where like I think the emotional transition is just very much disregarded. I agree. Yeah, I definitely think it is. And even just like from my experiences, of what I, I finished undergrad, I was I think like 22 when I graduated. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to grad school at 24. So from 22 to 24, I was working and then went back to grad school and graduated at 26. Like even going back to grad school at 24, like I felt such like I felt so comfortable because it was like, OK, this is school. I know school. I know how school works. Like like you said, I'm I'm getting that validation from, you know, exams, papers, whatever. Like I, I'm not going to say I was like, you know, the best, smartest student, but I, I did well. I did well enough in college and stuff where it's like I usually did get that kind of like confirmation that like I'm smart. I'm good at something. I'm you know, I know what I'm doing, whatever. So even just like knowing that I was going back to that, like there was just so much more comfort than any of anything I experienced from 22 to 24. Like that was just a mystery. My mind's going at a thousand miles an hour. But right when I went back to school, I was like, okay, life makes sense again. So was that easier for you to go back? Because I feel like everybody says once you're done with school, like you better continue with grad school or you're not mm -hmm. never go back. Yeah. So that's, I was afraid, honestly, like when I, when I made the decision to to go back to grad school I was worried I was like I haven't been in school for two years do I even know how to study like can I sit through a lecture right what's that going to be like or like even just like the you know in the grand scheme I'm not old but like I felt like oh I'm, I'm older yeah. than these people that are going well, straight I'm out of undergrad and for sure so <laughs> I understand <laughs> for sure so like I had those thoughts but like I think looking back on my time having the two years out of school helped me just understand myself, understand life. It gave me a higher level of maturity and self-awareness. And then 
also I think from like an academic standpoint, just like going from like, okay, I'm learning something in a classroom, but now I can actually see, cause I can tell you how oh. that like lesson actually works in the real world. They're like, I have that real world knowledge. So I think it was helpful. I think it was definitely intimidating when I was first going back into it, but I think I'm glad that I did it the way that I did, but I could see definitely the benefits to just like going straight through and, and not having the time off. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it gives you a little bit more perspective and maybe some more motivation of like, not only do I see how this applies, but I can see how this lesson is going to make my out of work experience more valuable later on. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I saw it. And I mean, this might not be like the best mindset to have. But like, when I went back to un- or when I met, when I went back to grad school, I kind of just had the mentality of like, I'm just here to learn, get a piece of paper and further myself in my career. And it wasn't really so much as like, I want the experience or I need the experience of being back in college oh. or, or yeah. getting my master's. It's just like, I just know that this is going to help me with my future. And I mean, at the time when I was going into grad school, I wasn't that happy with my life and my situation and my career outlook. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of like, I need to do this to put myself in the position that I want to be in. Wow. Well, that's interesting because then it's like, what are you doing in terms of a social life at that time? Right. Because you're like, put in one foot out. Um, so I could see how it would help you focus on school, but then it's also like, where are you building community at that time? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. And when I started grad school, I started, um, August of 2020. So, okay. So virtual. Yeah. So it was virtual for me. And that was also community really, really wasn't a thing, um, as, as easily, I guess you could say because of the pandemic and everything. And, um, at this time, like when I went into grad school, I was living by myself uh, up in Mount Pleasant. I was doing everything online. Um, I just, I, because of like taking the two years off between undergrad and grad school, I didn't really know anyone that was still at Central. Like I didn't have many yeah. friends from undergrad still up there. It must have been so hard. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's okay. So it was definitely tough. And I think like for me, it was like, oh, like it's going to be fine. Like, you know, whatever. I have my friends back home or my friends that, you know, childhood friends, undergrad friends that I'll just text or call or we'll Zoom or whatever. But then I think like you, like you kind of brought up, like you eventually get to the point where you're like, I don't have I don't have community and I don't have, you know, like it wasn't like undergrad how I could just walk down the hall to your room and say like, Hey, let's go play basketball. Or like, let's, let's play some music or something. Like just people weren't really doing that. And then even though I said like it, like having the age difference, like kind of helped me with perspective. It also was kind of weird for me to think like everyone surrounding me right now is like 18 or like 19. And like, I just feel so old. So it definitely was one of those tricky things. And I think that like kind of going through the two years of grad school, not having much of community and not really having much of a social kind of network coming out of it. I've learned like how important it is and how just you need to take that time and find those involvements or find those kind of things that you can do to, to build a community within. Yeah. I mean, I agree a hundred percent that like you need to take that seriously because mm-hmm. Like when I moved to Midland, I got stuck in like, obviously it wasn't COVID. So there were people at um, like available to me, but 
it was one of those things where it was the first time that I felt like my friends were really only my friends because I didn't have other options. And that sounds so bad, but like the, a lot of the people that I was at work with were because there wasn't a ton of people that were my age. And so right. the people in the IT rotational program, a lot of them were still transitioning out of like the party phase of college. And so they still like wanted to drink on the weekends and, and, you know, sometimes it's just hard to find people that like you really have a connection with, but you also don't want to be alone. And right. so I found that really hard of like the last thing I wanted was to just be in my apartment or alone with my thoughts. And so I was like, well, I'm going to hang out with these people. But then when I finally moved home and I made more like friends that I was actually choosing to be my friends, it was like, wow, like I, you realize how valuable it is to like find people that you have true connections with and like authentic community. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm glad that I had people there and that, um, some of them were able to form those bonds, but, um, it was a weird experience feeling like I'm friends with these people because I don't really have anybody else. Right. And I mean, on that topic, like, I think that's another thing that people don't really talk about. Like once you're out of college, like it's so weird and hard to make new friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, like you said, just like with maybe people that might be similar to your age, it's like, there's just so many people are in such different phases where it's like, you just don't know kind of like where you fit in. You're trying to figure that out. And then also like, if you go right into the workforce, there's probably a good chance. A lot of people you work with are much different phases of life, different so age. older than you. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. So like I made a couple of friends. These ladies are old enough to be my mom. Right. They'll, they'll be invited to my wedding, like, believe it or not, because I got close with them. But like, that's weird because you're like, I can't hang out with these people outside of work. Like, exactly. They're too old and they have kids and husbands and like, like, this just doesn't work. But then it's like, well, I have like 10 people to pick from or 20 people or whatever. Where at college, you're like, it, it feels different in the sense yeah. of like, yes, obviously, like you're stuck with the people that are around you. Like it, you have to choose from the people you're meeting, but there's so many people to meet. Exactly. So you can at least say, OK, well, like we have a connection, um, not just like, well, this person's in my class and they sit next <laughs> to me, so like, I guess they'll be my butt. Right. Yeah, for sure. And now when you got back home and everything, like you said that you're kind of just putting more time and energy and, and maybe intentionality behind those connections and, and making friends and, and finding kind of your community. Were there specific things that you did that helped you kind of find, find that? Yeah. So there were like, by the time that I got out of Midland, there were a couple friends that I would say I was really close with. Um, I had started actually a church group up there because I had realized I was like, okay, the people um, that I'm at work with just like aren't in the same phase as me and we don't have the same values and passions. And so I was like, I got to get involved some other way. Um, and so I was doing that and I made a couple friends there that I'm still friends with now. And then when I got home, um, the same thing kind of happened. It was, it was really weird and people thought I was crazy, but I kept my apartment in Midland. I had, um, because I didn't know if I was going to go back to the office. And so everybody was like, why are you paying rent if you're not living there? And I was like, okay, well imagine that like, 
I'm paying rent to live at my parents and just like, imagine I don't have that place. Like either way I'm paying rent to live somewhere. Um, and so I, I wasn't paying rent at my parents, but I was paying rent there and I would visit, um, I would do like three or four days a week in Midland and the rest of the time at home because my parents were like, that transition was so hard for you. Like you have to keep living on your own to a certain extent, or you're just going to struggle when you move out again. Um, and so it was kind of this like back and forth. And then I just got more and more, I was spending more and more time at home. Um, and my mom actually, um, there was a lady from church that reached out to her. Cause I think my mom had mentioned like, Oh, Savannah started a young adult group before. And they were like, Oh, well we could use her help. Cause they're trying to start one here at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was when I was like, I told them straight up, I was like, I'll help you start it because I know what I'm doing, but I'm moving back to Midland at some point. So (laughs) I'm not going to be a part of this. Well, joke's on me because it's been like way longer and now I I help lead the group and stuff. Um, But really how I met people, um, we tend to get like anywhere from like 15 to like 30 young adults at each of our events and so um and there's like other things like there's detroit catholic young adults and there's detroit catholic young professionals and there's there's like so many different young adult groups in the metro detroit area that if you want to meet people there are opportunities for you yeah that's awesome to hear about i mean it's it's honestly something that i'm not too knowledgeable or familiar with so it's nice to know that there are those like kind of young adult groups and I think kind of like the whole theme of this conversation we've been having is just like being in that young adult phase like it's just it's a lot and it's confusing and it's tough so if there are other people in that same situation or that you know are having the same thoughts or just like questioning the same things that you are like it's cool to know that there are a lot of communities near you especially like in our area i mean like obviously i'm talking specifically like in representing catholics but i'm sure like other churches like of different denominations do that and then i'm sure like i think midland actually had like a midland young professionals group and so i'm sure that there's like young professionals groups in other towns that like Mm -hmm. aren't religious affiliation and then like jason and i my fiance we met at pickup volleyball actually um it was i'm not even sure how i found it i think a friend of mine on facebook like was in the group and so it popped up in like my recommended group yeah and it was um young adult pickup volleyball at romeo middle school and granted a lot of the adult or sorry it wasn't young adult but it's co-ed and a lot of the adults that go are like I don't know like men in like 50 50 years old and up. <laughs> but you do get like some young adults you get varying ages depending on what location you're at um and that was where I met him and I I mean I was just going because I wanted volleyball I didn't want to be lifting weights all the time and, right and um we've made we have a group of friends like we'll do an occasional game night and they're all the volleyball gang and so i think um if you're into sports like i would definitely suggest trying to find um you know rec centers or like different things on facebook that are available just to like go out and meet people cuz like who wants to meet people at a bar you know right like, especially if you're looking for friends and not a relationship yeah 100% and i know that like from knowing you that i would you know, classify you as, as a very social person and definitely outgoing, maybe, maybe what do you want to be? But I think in general, you're, you're an outgoing person and everything. So like for me, hearing you kind of talk about your experiences and everything, it's like, 
I'm not really surprised that you're able to kind of put yourself out there and, you know, find community and go to these, like, you know, pick up volleyball and just events and everything. But was it always easy for you? Or did you have moments where you're like, kind of like nervous to do it? Or you're like, ah, like, Uh, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I definitely have the same tendency of like, you want to go with somebody. Yeah. So if I had a friend that I could bring along to something, I would. Um, Volleyball wasn't that case for me. Um, Most of the the girls that I'm friends with aren't um, athletic like that. Or like, maybe they'll like, play pickup but like they're not competitive about it and mm-hmm. i mean you know competitive people don't <laughs> get along right play for fun um and so i it was more out of just like desperation for me of like yeah. i want exercise it's good for my mental health it's good for my physical health like i gotta get like some of this stress out i love volleyball like i coached in midland i coached at st joe's um this past season um like it's just something that I really wanted to do and so I was like I'm gonna suck it up and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna play and I was like I'm not even gonna talk to anybody like I'm not here to make friends like I just want to play volleyball um and then eventually I think just like anybody you like kind of suss out the people there like yeah like a comment or two and like kind of start conversation and then eventually you'll make some friends for sure yeah and I think it's just like that idea of like you know, step out of your comfort zone, especially step out of your comfort zone if it's something that you love and or that you have a passion for. So like you were saying, you know, you loved volleyball, you wanted to do something active and be competitive and participate in a sport. And even though, like you said, like it was out of desperation, it was like it still took you to step out of your comfort zone to do so. So I think yeah, it's well, like I'm, nobody wants you to right. about not having friends and like having nothing to do all the yeah. time. And so like it's one of those things where I totally understand it's difficult, but if you're miserable and like you want to have more involvement, then like you have to step out of your comfort zone. And so exactly. what that means forcing somebody to come along with you just out of moral support or like doing it on your own, like the only way you're going to change it is if you take that step. Yeah, definitely. It's important to take it. And I know it's not always easy, but like it's important and really like it's kind of one of those things of like you can't really expect to expect anything or your situation to change if you're not you know willing to do something to to make that change so like take that first step yeah and then if you're the person that does take the first step then maybe you'll get to be an advocate for somebody else and be like Mm -hmm. oh like you you play sports too like you should come along with me like I play Wednesday nights or whatever or like Um, you know, I'm in this league, like, would you want to join with me or something? And then, um, yes, like you had to do the tough work on your own, but it's, it's really nice to be able to like offer that suggestion to somebody else. So they don't have to just like figure it out on their own. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of just like paying it forward and helping someone Mm -hmm. else that was, that is in a situation that, you know, you were at one point. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that, um, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about kind of your, your experiences with, with your faith and and everything. And something that you said earlier that kind of resonated with me is just like the idea that I feel like a lot of us and me included, like, it's almost like when you pray or when you participate in prayer, it's like when something's going wrong or when, you know, you, you feel like you need to ask for help. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se, but I think it's just like religion and faith can be tough and it can be, intimidating and it could be something that is could be overwhelming to to some folks so i was just wondering like do you have any advice to people who maybe they want to 
get involved, whether it is with their local, you know, church or, or a local church or just it, with their own faith? Like, do you have any suggestions or advice for anyone who's kind of feeling a little overwhelmed but wants to get involved? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of churches and I assume that this is not just Catholic churches, but they have bulletins or like, mm -hmm. you know, they're like weekly pamphlets of like things that are going on. Um, and when I moved to Midland, actually, I drove to churches and like pick them up or like found their websites online if they like have them loaded there. And so I think that's a good starting place of just to see like there there's different things on there. Like maybe there's an event that you could go to, or maybe there's a contact information of like, want to join the young adult group, contact so-and-so, or like want to help out with youth group or like something like that. So I think that's a good way of getting started. Um, sometimes there's faith Facebook groups that exist for groups like that as well. Um, but then when it comes to like faith as a whole, like I know you mentioned like that awkwardness of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, I think part of it is when you first get started, it will feel like you're talking to a brick wall. And I think like even now, like being stronger and more consistent in my faith, there are times it still feels like that. But the only way that that feeling ever changes is if you put in that work. And so like, don't feel like because it's awkward and it feels like he's not talking back that like nothing's happening. Um, sometimes that's just like part of the process. And, um, I mean, you have to be silent too. Like if all you're doing is talking, like obviously you're not going to hear anything. Um, and hearing being a, a general word of like not hearing him talk to you from the sky, but like, you know, uh, uh, not feeling anything or not mm -hmm. a thought that pops into your head of like, oh, where'd that come from? Like maybe like he's trying to tell me something. Um, and I think also trying to, you know, I mean, I've heard this growing up forever, but I think it really is true that like, if you think of Jesus as a friend that helps you understand of how you're supposed to talk to him, or even as a parent, I guess you kind of should choose depending on what your relationship with your family looks like. Right. But um, if, if you think of, you know, maybe you have your, your mom or your dad or like somebody that you consider like a parent, um, you might go to them a lot of the time when you need them, but you're also going to update them on like the big things that are happening in your life. And like, you're going to come to them like when you're really happy about something or when you have a question about something. And so the same thing happens with God or like when you go to your best friend or like, you know, maybe you're dating somebody and like you're texting them all the time and you're calling them like Jason knows like every detail of my life. I feel like is <laughs> like that. That's like what God wants you to do as well. So right. like, he sees everything. He hears everything, but he just wants communication. And so I think sometimes we just like really overcomplicate it of like, I have to say like this specific prayer and like, I can't offend him or like anything like that. And it's like, no, he, I mean, he already knows literally everything you're thinking that you say to people anyways. Like the only difference is he wants you to talk to him and mm -hmm. not just other people. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause when you're saying that something that I thought of is like, you know, we, we try to be perfect and we want to be perfect within our faith. But like, I think at the end of the day, like one of the root things about like, like having faith and believing in, in God or a God or Jesus is that like, he knows that you're not perfect yeah, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be perfect, but we want to 
be but like we just need to be ourselves right because i mean think about it like if you go to a a confidant or a counselor or whatever like you don't just like show them the nice things or like right it's like you air out your dirty laundry (laughs) why would you not do that to the god that sees it all anyways like there's literally nothing you could hide from him and so i've heard people tell me before of like you can tell god like he can take it like if you're mad at him like tell him you're mad like you're not you're not gonna offend him because he already knows you're pissed off anyways so the only way that he's gonna work in your heart emotionally is if you open up your heart to him yeah yeah i mean exactly like like you said it's not like there's anything that you could keep or hide so just like just let it all out and just know that like that's that's okay and that's encouraged and that's what what he wants too yeah and i mean sometimes i think a good way to start because people are like i don't even know how to pray i'm like yeah tell him that exactly be like i don't know how to pray i don't know what i'm doing so like I'm just going to try and have this conversation to you and like have the conversation like in your head or like in your bedroom or whatever. And just like pretend you're talking to a wall and like, like that's kind of how it starts. Like it feels weird, but like if you can be like as open and honest as just saying like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but like I'm here and I'm trying. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great advice on like kind of your first steps you can take and, you know, kind of branching off uh, of your faith and everything mm-hmm. going towards like the the Etsy store that you started I know you said it's kind of just like something it's a hobby something you do in your free time but really like what what was the inspiration behind it or you know what um what made you want to go ahead and start that um yeah so I mean this is um I mean it is catholic centric you don't have to be catholic to buy it but it is like more formatted to like the rosary or like chaplets and things like that and so um I follow like different Instagram accounts where like I see these people making this stuff and I was like well I'm pretty sure I could do it and like I wonder if I could sell it for cheaper Um, and I just I had some boredom at work like there were just times where I was like you know I'm sitting at my desk and I'm just like watching YouTube TV like I'm not I'm not actually doing anything and so um, I was like why not do this and like worst case like you know I'm not like stocking up a ton and like really thinking that it's going to be successful. I've sold just like a few things. Like my roommate had bought one and like a friend of mine reached out asking for like a custom one for his girlfriend for Valentine's day um, and things like that. But for the most part, it was just like, you know, this is something for me to do and I'm going to see like if I can get anywhere from it. And I, I totally realized like it's, it's a smaller market. Like I don't have that many offerings and like it is Catholic focused, but um the way that I see it is like, if you have a skill set that you think you can do and you could make a little bit of like money on the side for it and you just enjoy doing it, then like, why not? Yeah. I love that. I think that that's, that's important. And I think like where some people can get tripped up in general is like when you do something with the whole, like, I need to make money. I need to be rich. I need to make this my full-time job. Like when you have that mentality, you're, I feel like you almost set yourself up for failure. But when it's like, I enjoy doing this, it's fun maybe I might make something out of it. Who knows? Like, I think that's when there's like less pressure and you just can fully enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like two things in that one, like don't like stock up and like spend all this money, like be a success before, you know, but then I think the, the thing for me is like, I have a job that pays well. Like I don't, I don't need this extra money right now. Right. 
that's what I'd encourage is like, and granted, I'm, I'm by no means like a seasoned entrepreneur or anything, but I think that like, even if you watch Shark Tank, right? Like a lot of those people that go on the show are, they have their full-time job. They start this side thing any success from it and by the time that it starts to be successful then they say okay can I transition quit my job and do this full time if you go with this mentality of like I would love to be a full-time entrepreneur but I need to see if this is going to pan out first then that's a really practical way of doing it would you say that is your mentality or that has been that you like if it works out that'd be awesome but like you're not really attached to that happening Oh gosh, I by no means think that I could do like this as a full time thing. Like I okay. just the market of what I'm making is big like that. Um, so this is definitely just a hobby for me of like some little side money. I was like, you know, if I could stock up a little bit, that yeah. like might pay for like this little bit of my wedding or like maybe right. I shoes or like something like that. Um, but I think the same the same mentality applies if they're looking at like a bigger scale entrepreneurship thing of like, don't go into it. Just assuming that like you're going to scale it because you don't want to, you don't want to set yourself up and then fail and then have no money to support yourself. For sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, everyone says, you know, take the leap and, you know, just you got to go for broke. And like, yeah, I, I understand that. But at the same time, like you have to be practical and logical and you have to understand that like there's a lot of risk and things like that. So just kind of being prepared and, and knowing yeah. what you're getting yourself into. I think like the go for broke mentality, sure, in your free time, like yeah. do your job and then spend all of your free time pursuing that that passion of yours, 100%. But I don't think you should ever... Like, unless you have, like, valid proof of, like, this could be successful, I don't think entrepreneurship is a good thing to be one foot in, one foot out for. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's, that's exactly the case. And I mean, even just for transparency to anyone listening, like, that's where this whole podcast idea came from and, like, how that's working. It's like, I, I'm, well, I mean, I guess I was in school when I started, but I was a full-time student and I was working and now I'm working full-time. So it's like, that was always the priority. That was always, like, how I'm surviving and everything but this is like in my free time I'm going you know quote unquote all in and putting all my time into this passion so you know I I wouldn't say I have proof of concept yet like I don't know that it's (laughs) this is you know something that I could do long term but you know I'm having fun with it and if it turns out to be great but if not like I'm having fun that's all that matters yeah but if there's any serious entrepreneur listening that fully disagrees with us totally fine yeah exactly like if you do disagree like please please let us know or please reach out and you can come on and be a guest and we can talk about how we're wrong so i have no idea i just know that i would not feel comfortable like going for broke and if i wasn't certain i could make it happen right no for sure i i agree and I'm, i'm in the same camp and you mentioned Shark Tank, so I'm sure anyone that is like a Love shark on Shark Tank would like <laughs> say like, no, you guys are stupid. Like you got to go for broke yeah. and like, you got to sleep like on the floor of your well, friend's apartment and I've whatnot. I've argue on that show about this. Like okay. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, be like, <laughs> I don't want to hire you if you're not all in and it's yeah. your full-time job. And then sometimes, um, you know, the other sharks will be like, um, absolutely not. Like they have a family they need to support. Like they cannot be doing this full time. Like that's why they're here is because they need investors to be able to do that. Exactly. And I, 
I want to say that it's kind of jokingly, but I also could see it being serious. But I definitely could think of episodes where like Kevin will say like to a, you know, like a, a freshman in college or like a senior in high school, like, are you, are you dropping out? Like, what are you doing? Right. Are you going to do this full time? <laughs> so I, I hope he's joking. I think he kind of is. But at the same time, like, who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it depends on the person. Like, right. Cuban would be like, absolutely, don't drop out of school. But then there are some people that are like, education's a waste. Like, you don't need it. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, that's a whole different topic. But to each right. their own. Exactly. To each their own. And I think that there's not, you know, a right or wrong. It's just whatever is best for you and your situation. Um, but I, I certainly think that I'm on the same wavelength with you on, on these topics. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, you know, Savannah, to anyone that's listening who might be interested in in checking out your store, um, is it do you just have that that one like Etsy link to get to it, or like do you have like a website or anything for it or socials um, for it? It's it's on my Instagram, like in my bio, but that's okay. just personal Instagram. I haven't created a separate account for it, but yeah, it is um the Common Catholic um for Etsy. Um, again, because it's so new and like, there's not a ton of purchases or reviews. I know Etsy has like an algorithm, so I don't know how easy it is to search yet. Um, but it is linked out there. And then, um, if anyone happens to be like in the Lake Orion, Oxford, Clarkston, Rochester area, um, the Paint Creek Catholic Young Adults is the young adult group at church that I help lead. Um, we do a lot of fun events too. So if you're like not sure where you're at with your faith yet, but um, want to come along and just like meet people of like solid, like wholesome values, um, we, we try to host one or two events a month as well. Okay, perfect. And I will... Uh... I'll find the uh, the link. I know you said it's linked in, in your Instagram. I'll go grab it and I'll put it in the description and um, the name of your young adult group and everything and kind of like the location you're in. So if anyone's listening and wants to check out either, um, that will be in the description of this episode. Go down there and check it out. Um, but yeah, that, it's been a great conversation. Is there any like last thoughts or, or message that you want to give to anyone listening? Um, no, I don't think so. It's been so nice talking to you. It's been forever. So um, I mean, I appreciate you having me on. I know it was a little bit more one-sided, but um, I think it's cool. I think it's great that you're passionate about just talking to people and hosting a podcast like this. And um, I I just think it's cool. It kind of reminds me of like a Humans of New York type deal. Yeah. yeah, of just like being interested in like the diversity of people. And I think that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all the kind words and the support and everything. And yeah, it's been it's been way too long. So I'm glad that we could catch up. And I'm sure that we'll catch up not on a podcast as well yeah. in, the, in the near future, um, especially now with you back like in the, in the Metro Detroit area with me. So we'll definitely have to figure some stuff out. But um, no, it's been a really good conversation. I appreciate you just coming on and, and sharing your experiences and, and your thoughts on, on so many different topics. And it, it's cool to know that like, even, you know, years outside of college, years out of, outside of like the last time we were like physically together at the same place, like just that things are going well for you and that I'm, I'm just happy for everything that's that's going on in your life and all the excitement. Um, congratulations again uh, on the engagement. And I'm just excited for your future and to see what you continue to do. And I'll always be uh, here to support you. So I can't wait to find out what all that looks like. Well, thanks a lot. Um, of course. I Glad things are going well for you too. Um, congrats on grad school, finishing that. Um, and maybe we'll meet again on the basketball court. Let's do it. We'll make it happen. Okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thanks, Savannah. Yep. Yeah, thanks.